So, um, you know, I do, I do that. I've got to be honest, there's a bit of a twofold purpose behind that. Number one, I love Andy. You know, he's a great guy. Uh, you know, and we just want to pray with you and, uh, and bless you. But, you know, the second thing is I wanted to use that as an example this morning. I want to use this, that as an example this morning. Because, you know, what we just did there, that's called honor. It's called honor. Recogni- recognition of, uh, of, of somebody's gift. A recognition of the, the hand of God on somebody's life. You know, standing with somebody and saying, you know what, we stand beside you. You know, we're here. We're, we're here to hold your arms up. We're here to get, get alongside you and, and believe for the best. Believe for God's best in your life. And um, I know some of you, again, like I said, are new to J28. So this morning, uh, we are, what we're doing for these few months uh, in the run-up to Christmas is our core values, the core values of J28 Church, uh, we've been going through them each month. We've been having a sermon series on each core value, and now it brings us up to uh, honour. We're speaking about honour this morning. So far, we've, we've spoken about a love for God's word. This is a challenge, isn't it? I've got to remember them. I look like a, I look like a plum if I can't. Love for God's word. Second one was relationship. Third one, a giving nature. We've had enthusiasm in the past month, haven't we? And now we're, we're going to be talking about honour. And um, again, I mean, all of the core values. I love speaking about all of our core values. But, I, you know, I'm particularly just um, excited to share this morning um, about honour. You know, because it's my assessment that, I don't know if you agree or whether you disagree. You're allowed to disagree if you want. But it's my assessment that honour is in, it's in short supply today. It's in short supply today. It seems to be that way. It, it appears to be... Um, you know, disappearing quite quickly from the makeup of our society, doesn't it? And that concerns me, you know. I, I believe that that truly is to, to our own detriment. You know, because as we're, as we're going to discuss as this message goes on, actually there's, there's reward in honour, not just for the person receiving it, but actually for the person giving it. Everybody benefits in a culture of honour. And um, you see, honour isn't just, isn't just a value. It isn't just a value. It's a kingdom ethic. Honor is a kingdom ethic, and where you know where values come and go, and where they you know when they come and go as our society shifts, you know society values different things at different times, doesn't it? And where values come and go, kingdom ethics actually remain. Kingdom ethics are eternal. And kingdom ethics, you know, where they disappear or where they're no longer held in high regard, everyone's worse off. Everyone's worse off. You know, I, I don't know if you, if you follow, it's hard not to, isn't it? Hard not to follow politics at the minute with Brexit going on and everything. And, you know, I don't tend to, to talk in the pulpit too much about my opinions on, on politics or anything like that. That's not what this message is about. But, you know, just seeing the news, in these, certainly in these last couple of months, as we're getting closer and closer to the 31st of October, it's like they treat it like it's the return of Jesus or something, don't they? Um, but we're getting closer and closer to the 31st of October, and there's just so much. It just seems, you know, you, you, whichever news outlet you go on, I go on my phone in the morning, and I like to have a look through, you know, different news outlets, and, and they're all reporting the same thing of, you know, politicians and leaders of government essentially like slagging each other off and slandering each other, and, you know, it just seems that our whole political system seems to be, you know, based on. You know this culture of dishonor. I find that quite alarming. 
It's almost, it's, it's almost non-existent. Honour is almost non-existent, you know, within our political system. And I, I know I'm speaking, like, really generically here. I'm not painting everybody with the same brush. I'm sure there are some, some people in those positions that are, are very honouring people. Um, but, you know, I just had this thought this week as I, was, as I was preparing and as I was praying. I thought, can you imagine how different our nation would look? Can you imagine how different our nation would look if those... You know, in the positions of power, you know, those in the House of Commons, those MPs, those leaders of government actually honoured one another rather than dishonouring one another. It's a, it's a big thought, isn't it? If they were to honour each other rather than to, to slander and ridicule one another. I, I mean, I don't know about you, I, I, I rarely watch it, but I don't know if you've ever watched like Prime Minister's Questions. Uh, I don't watch it all the time because it's not exactly riveting uh, television, is it? But... Um, but can you imagine, you know, I just, I just picture this. Can you imagine if the Prime Minister got up, you know, to answer questions in Parliament and after giving a speech or giving a statement or something like that, if the, the opposition party or the opposition leader stood up and actually applauded and honoured. It's, it's a crazy thought, isn't it? Because it just doesn't happen. It's just not the tradition of British politics for hundreds of years. It's been the case where you've got two opposing parties sat on opposite sides of, of the house and it's about opposing each other and pulling each other down and how you can, you know, you can disprove this one and disprove that one. Um, and as I said, it just it seems a strange thought, doesn't it? Because we're so used to the opposite. And like, don't get me wrong, again, don't read too much into my opinions here or anything because, uh, you know, I'm fully aware there needs to be, there needs to be room for healthy debate, um, you know, in our society. But my point is that I find, it really, I find it really sad that the history and tradition, you know, of our nation's politics is steeped in, you know, opposing parties, dishonouring and disrespecting and discrediting each other. You know, because I, I read the Bible... And I don't come to that conclusion that that's what God wants for his people. I've, I've read my Bible and it appears clear to me that that isn't the way of God's kingdom. I believe that God's kingdom deals in a different way. You know, we have a, def, a, a generation today that desperately needs to learn the value of honor. I'm you know, speaking quite personally here because I'm, I'm really talking, I guess, about my generation. I'm, I'm not saying... I'm not saying the one that came before me got everything right, by the way. You don't get let off the hook. Um, every generation has its problems, doesn't it, and has its flaws. But this generation, my generation, the generation coming after me, it just appears to me that we desperately need to learn the value of honour. And the way things are going, I don't believe that that's going to get taught by our society. We get taught these days the opposite of honour. This generation gets taught that, you know, dishonour is no big deal. It's not seen as a, as a big issue anymore. And that, you know, if there's somebody that you disagree with or, you know, someone that doesn't benefit you in some kind of way, then it's acceptable for you to dishonour them and to ridicule them and to rebel. You only have to go onto social media to see what people write about each other these days to realise dishonour isn't a value that's held in high regard anymore. I believe that the church has a part to play in picking up this responsibility. I believe that the church has a part to play. With that in mind, let's, let's turn to the, this scripture. Exodus 20 verse 12. You know, you will have, even if you're, you're here and you're not a Christian, you probably will have heard this at some point in your life. 
Exodus 20, uh, verse 12, um, you know, which is, is better known as, as one of the Ten Commandments. You know, if you want to, to, to look at it this way, this is so important to God that it was included in the top ten things that he wanted to say to mankind. His whole, will, his whole word is important and perfect, and we have to pay attention completely to all of it. But, you know, if you want to think of it this way, these are te- top ten things that God wanted to say to us. This makes its way into there. Exodus 20, verse 12 says this, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that God is giving you. What a, seems strange, doesn't it? Seems a strange thing to, for God to say, I, in, in my opinion. Seems like a strange thing for God to say, you know. Don't murder, don't steal, these other commandments. Oh, by the way, make sure you honor mum and dad. It, it, it almost seems, at first glance, it seems a bit misplaced. But what you have to realize is that our reaction to this commandment, the importance of this commandment, our reaction to this commandment as a young person in our formative years starting out in life will pretty much predict much of the direction of the rest of our lives. That's how important it is. It has a bearing literally on the rest of our lives. People who fail to learn the value of honor in their formative years have a much harder time later in life, you know, when the implications of dishonor become, you know, a bit more stark and a bit more serious. So it's, in, it's extremely important that we, that we pay attention to this commandment and that we, that we respond well to it. I mean, have you ever thought, I think I shared this once before when we did a Bible study, um, but have you ever thought before about, let's just take a family for instance, that you could have two people, two siblings from the same family, same um, background, from the same um, you know, parents, from, they had the same opportunities growing up, same upbringing, same environment, all of that. Um, yet one of them lives wisely. One of them makes good decisions. One speaks with respect. And sure enough, they prosper. I'm not saying they never get anything wrong in life and things don't go, go wrong or anything. But you know, sure enough, they prosper. Things go well for them. But the other sibling, their life is an absolute train wreck. Absolute train wreck. Have you ever thought to yourself, why is that? Why is that? And you might say, you know, okay, the parents, parents probably didn't get it right. They didn't, they didn't do too well with, uh, with that child. And all right, maybe they didn't do a great job. And, and I know parents, you know, myself included in this, parents uh, may be held responsible for many things. But ultimately, it's an individual's attitude and decisions that determine the way that their life goes. That's the truth. That's a hard truth, but it is the truth. I think it's far more likely in this situation that one of those children learned the value of honor and the other one didn't. One knows how to honor mom and dad and therefore they've learned to honor authority as they've matured. You know, from their school teachers from their, uh, to their, the sports team coaches they've, to their youth leaders in the church, you know, their bosses as they've begun adult life and got jobs. And so it goes well with them as the scripture says. But the other one is you know, seemingly set on rebellion. I'm not going to submit to anybody. I'm not going to honor anybody. I'm my, I'm my own authority. I refuse to submit to anyone. And therefore, life doesn't go well for them. They can never, you know, they can never seem to get a job. They can never seem to, to get a job and keep a job. You know, the, they go to the bank and ask them to lend them some money for a mortgage, but they don't live responsibly, so it's just not going to happen. 
the struggle to find you know good settled relationships they never get promoted at work and they can never seem to work out why you know people struggle to spend time with them and so friendships are awkward to make and hard to keep you know and trouble seems to always follow them around there is a reason why honor your mother and your father are included in the 10 commandments those ancient laws they might be old but they're timeless truths they're still applicable to this day. I, I encourage you, you, maybe you were in that situation or maybe you've met, you know, you know families like that. You know families like that. You see somebody who's doing well, they learn the value of honor. You see somebody else who's not doing so well. They didn't learn the value of honor. And the Bible instructs us of this law as a warning that, you know, if honor doesn't start in the home, if honor doesn't start within the family unit, then when that child or, you know, those children progress into, into childhood, things won't go too well for them. You know, barring a, of course, barring a real move of God, I'm aware that, you know, sometimes along the way, you know, God, God breaks into somebody's life and they're, tra- they're changed dramatically. But I'm speaking here now, you know, on the whole, if they don't learn that value of honor when they're, when they're in, the, in the formative years, life's not going to go too well for them. You know, when they get a job... If they, if they haven't learned the importance of honor, you know, it's not going to be long before they're knocking on your door, <laughs> looking for a handout again and looking for a bed because life's not going too great because they didn't pay the boss the honor that he or her was, was due. You know, a, pa- a person's foundation of either honor or dishonor starts in their formative years when they're, when they're young. If a, if a child is taught the value of dishonor, then guess what? That's the way they're going to carry on. A dishonoring person, I've wrote here in my notes, a, a dishonoring person doesn't just become that way overnight. It's a progressive thing. So let me ask you the question. I asked myself this this week, you know, as, as I was preparing this. What's the, what's the culture in your home? What's the culture in your home? You know, certainly those of us that have, that have got families and got, and got young children or those of us who, who may have, uh, have adult children now who've, who've gone on to have their own families. You know, think back. What was the culture in your home like? Very rarely will you find a, a person that's risen to, you know, a position of privilege and great responsibility in some kind of way um, that grew up dishonoring their parents. Seriously, you... <laughs> There might, be, there might be some exceptions here, but you come and tell me, you know, you find somebody who's in a position of privilege and power and responsibility, and you tell me that they grew up dishonoring their parents. Equally, you'll find it hard to identify someone who's, you know, who's, whose life is just all over the place, someone who's untrustworthy, someone who's always in trouble, someone that, you know, is, is just going through difficulty after difficulty after difficulty. Someone like that that showed honor and respect to their parents and those in authority over them. You see, it's honor toward our parents that is the basis for every other kind of honor that ensues after that and every other kind of authority. I don't know if you saw earlier in the year, um, uh, I think it was this year, wasn't it? Everything seems to blur into one now, but I remember on the news seeing uh, you know, George Bush, the uh, the president, the ex-president of, of the United States, well, George Bush Jr., rather, his, his father had died, I think it was this year, wasn't it? And, uh, and he, he was speaking at his father's funeral. And um, you know what really struck me as I was watching the video of, of his speech was that he, just, he spoke with real great respect, with great love and affection for his father. And you know what, I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not 
again, I keep talking about politics this morning, don't I? This is not a political message, I promise you that. So, but whatever your, you know, your opinions about his policies and his, his ideas and that kind of thing, put that to one side. The point I'm making is here, I, I'm not surprised that a man like that, who honoured and respected his, his father in that way, and I'm sure his mother too, actually rose to a great position of, of power and responsibility. Church, we need to be showing our children the importance of honour. We have to model it to them, don't we? We have, to honor, we have to model it to them. There's a generation that's coming after us that will take the mantle um, you know, of the church. The future generations of the church, they're going to be responsible for it. Honour starts with us here now. Saying it with our lips isn't enough. You see, honour isn't completely about what you say. It has to be accompanied with what you do. The first thing I want to uh, I want to bring out this morning, I've just got a few points that I want to share on on honour, and the first thing is this: that this command isn't age applicable. This command isn't age applicable. Uh, this this commandment to honour your father and your mother, which we find in Exodus twenty twelve, you know, for some reason it it seems to get applied. You know, it seems to get applied to the kids, doesn't it? Seems to get applied to the kids. It's what you when you're annoyed with them. It's what you quote to them, isn't it? <laughs> when they won't sit down and eat their dinner. You know, the Bible says that you're supposed to honour your father and your mother. But it's not an age applicable command. It doesn't say children honour your father and your mother. It just says honour your father and your mother. In other words, this command is 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 applies to all generations. This 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 command um, applies to us all in every moment of our lives, whether young or old or somewhere in the middle. And so, you know, I'm not aiming for this to be some kind of parenting class or anything like that. I've not been a parent long enough to be able to do that, I don't think. Um, but how can we expect our, to teach our children the importance of honour when they don't hear us honour our parents? It's just a thought for us this morning. Sometimes we forget this, don't we, when we get into adult life. We're expecting our children... We're expecting those younger than us to, to respect us, but we don't portray a life of honour, do we? You know, what's, what's, the, what's your language towards parents around you, towards your parents around your children? Oh, she's always interfering, isn't she, that old, that old bat? She's always interfering. She's always got, they're always offering their opinion, them too, aren't they? They think they know it all. She's a, you know, she's a pain in the neck that mother of yours and how do you talk I'm being serious I know I'm joking a little bit here but how do you talk about your parents in front in front of your children if you don't honor your parents you won't receive the honor due to you from your own children and it can, I know it can be difficult you know I, I interpret a lot of things through the lens of growing up in a, in a in a good family great parents always there for me don't get me wrong they didn't get it didn't get it right all the time I won't let her off. <laughs> didn't, get it, didn't get it right all the time, as, as none of us do. But, you know, I interpret a lot of things through the lens of a good family. Not everybody had that. Not everybody was, was privileged in that kind of way. So it can be dis difficult, especially for those of us who have had parents that, that haven't lived honorable lives. You know, maybe, maybe dad ran off with another woman. Maybe mum struggled with substance abuse. Maybe, you know, you got beaten or maybe suffered some kind of other abuse in, the, uh, in, your, in your childhood. There are so many different scenarios and examples of, of bad parents, of course, but whatever the circumstances, the Bible tells us that honor is still the way that God commands us to take. Honor is still the way that God commands us to take. And here lies the distinct difference 
between honor and respect. You see, there is a difference. The difference between honor and respect is respect is something that has to be earned. You have to earn somebody's respect. I have to earn your respect. You have to earn my respect. But honor is a gift that you give freely and generously. We don't honor because someone has earned it. We honor because it's a privilege to give it. You see, God honored us when we didn't deserve it, didn't he? He honored us by sending his, his son, his only son, to die in our place when quite, quite frankly, he didn't have to do that at all. So God chose to honor us. So if we're to follow his, his pattern, if we're, if we're to follow his way, then we're to do the same. We dish out honor freely, not because somebody is, is worthy of honor, but because we want to give it anyway. Second thing is this, honor carries a reward for those who operate in it. You know, honor actually, honor actually uh, carries a blessing for the giver. Isn't that amazing? It's not just the person receiving honor that gets, that gets blessed by this. You see, in a, in a culture of honor, as I've already said, everyone benefits. The person receiving the honor, but also the person giving it. You can't, it's, you can't lose in a culture of honor. This is why it's so important that we, that we build this within the church. You know, let me just take you back to that, that scripture as we've already discussed from Exodus 20. Well, Moses actually reaffirms the Ten Commandments to the people of Israel again in Deuteronomy 5. But, you know, this time he, he kind of puts it a slight different way. There's a bit more added into the commandment. Verse 6 says this, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. And it goes on, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You see, there's a promise from God that accompanies the command. That's how it works. That's how it works with God. There's a command. There's a, his command is accompanied by a reward. There's a, there's a parenting lesson for us in the first place, isn't it? You know, we, we give a command to our child, but, you know, where's the reward? It's amazing what a reward does for obedience, isn't it? So honor carries a reward. What God is saying here is, you know, if you follow the command and live out the principle of honor, then you'll receive the promise of the reward. You know, I find it absolutely astonishing when, um, when people have the audacity to, to moan and groan that they aren't shown, you know, respect and that they don't get privilege, uh, they don't get, you know, um, promotions at work and they're not, they're not praised and they're not given encouragement and all these things. When all they do is, is speak poorly of the boss and slander their workmates. You know, people in that situation should have no complaints. People in that situation should have no complaints. When they don't see themselves being elevated or praised, they should have no complaints because their, their lack of honor keeps them low. This is in principle that we have to, we have to learn. This, this, you know, being elevated, being worthy of, of, of people's respect isn't something that just automatically comes. You're not owed it. You get that by giving honor. Honor invites a reward if you're willing to live it. And dishonor invites, guess what? Dishonor. You know, so many people try to climb the ladder of like, success, don't they? People like to try to, uh, try to climb the ladder to the top. And they want success and they want power and they want greatness. But in an effort to get there, they trample on everybody to the top, don't they? Trample on everybody as they try to get there. Yet God commands a different approach. You've got to know this, this morning, J28, God commands a different approach. There's a better way. 
There's a better way. God's word shows us that to be truly successful in this life, you'll need to grow in the principle of honor. You've got to. Luke 6.38 says this. He says, uh, give and it will be given to you. I love this verse. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus teaches of... Uh, a massively important principle for our lives there, doesn't it? This principle of that which, you know, the measure that you use is the measure that you can expect back. So what's being said here in our context, if you give generously, if you give uh, honor generously, then you can expect a good measure back. Reward accompanies this command. Those who honor can expect a reward. Next thing about honor is this, that the principle of honor doesn't pick and choose. It doesn't pick and choose. You know, God's word tells us not only to, uh, to honor the people that we like or the people that we prefer, doesn't it? God's word tells us to, to honor the great and the lowly alike. God's word tells us that, um, that we're not only to honor people of great stature, people of uh, a great power and position like kings and queens and heads of government, but we're to honor actually all of those that are in authority over us. Not only those that are in authority over us, but as Peter says, honor everyone. We'll come to that in a second. You know, just a couple of examples from Scripture is this. Uh, in Romans 13, I love, I love what Paul says here, the Apostle Paul, as he writes uh, about civil authorities, he says this, pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. And honor whom honor is owed. That's from Romans 13, um, verse 7. But the, I think the important thing to point out here as, 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 as I share that verse is that uh, Paul wrote these words while under the reign of, you know, the domineering and quite frankly quite brutal uh, Roman governance at the time. He, was, he, wasn't a, he wasn't a free man. He was under, he was under house arrest there. Yet even as he found himself in this context, you know, what does he encourage the believers to do? He says this, honor and respect the government. How do you honor and respect the government when they're, you know, when they're doing this to us? This is a commandment that, that brings a reward. Paul isn't just saying these things here, he's modeling it for us. He's not saying these words you know, from the comfort of his nice living room chair, which is where I like to write things. <laughs> I'm sure you do too, or a nice comfy chair in your office or something like that. He's writing these, these things under oppression. You know, Peter, as I said, the Apostle Peter uh, uh, instructs us in First, First Peter 2.17, it says, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, as in the church, fear God, and honor the emperor. Peter says this, he says, honor everyone. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good evaluating question to ask ourselves, isn't it? Do we, do we pay honor to everyone? I don't think we do all the time, do we? You know, if you play sports, show honor to your coach. If you're a student, honor your teachers. If you have a, if you have a mentor, show them honor. You know, honor your boss, even if you believe deep down that you're cleverer than your boss. <laughs> you see, maybe you've got aspirations to be the boss one day. Maybe you've got aspirations to be the boss one day or to be in a higher you know, position of responsibility. But the thing is, you know, the Bible teaches us that before we can be over, we've actually got to learn to be under. 
You know, and how do you practice being under? You do it by showing honor to those that God has placed over you. Next thing is this, that dishonor sets limits. Dishonor sets limits. You see, Jesus had his own experience of dishonor. Let's take a look at what, what happened and the consequences that resulted from it. This is from Matthew 13, 53 to 58. You see, Jesus went back to his hometown. Let's read this together. It says, when Jesus had finished uh, these parables, he moved on from there, coming to his hometown. He began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get his wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? Aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? When then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. They dishonored him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, uh, except in his own town and in his, in his own home. Verse 58. And this is the saddest thing of the whole thing. It wraps it up. The consequence of it all was this. It says he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. He didn't do many miracles there because of their, their lack of faith. Because of the, the dishonoring nature of those people, Jesus didn't do many miracles there. You know, that's quite a remarkable account, I think, in, in Jesus' early days of ministry, isn't it? It says that he could do no work there apart from lay his hands on a few sick people and see them healed, it says in, in one of the other Gospels. You know, notice as well, it's important to notice that it, it doesn't say he wouldn't do any good work there. It says that he couldn't do any, work, any good work there. Again, I, I, find that, I find that remarkable. And this isn't, you know, some kind of like typing error, error by, you know, John Mark, the, the, the man who, who wrote this, this um, the gospel of, uh, of Mark. It says that he couldn't. It's clearly written like that for a reason. You know, and the stark reality is for us, and something that should wake us up and, and make us sit forward in our, in our seats, it's something that should bother, bother us that, according to Scripture, honor and dishonor are, are linked to our faith. Honor and dishonor are linked to our faith. You'll have heard me say it before, of course, that, that you know, nothing is impossible for God. We all, we all say that and we all believe it. It rolls off the tongue really easily, doesn't it? Nothing is impossible for God. He isn't shackled or bound by anything. He has no limits. But there's something clearly about the nature of God that shows us that on occasions that he in fact allows himself to be limited by our lack of faith. In this case, that lack of faith manifests itself in dishonor. You know, dishonor clearly acts as a, as a spiritual plug, if you like, that stops the favor and the blessings of God flowing to his community and to the church. Now, have you ever heard the word, you know, familiarity breeds contempt? I'm sure we've all heard that saying, haven't we? Most of us, uh, most of us are, are aware of that. You know, that word familiar comes from the word family. What, is the, what, what the saying is conveying is that dishonor among those you know the best. I, I, I just think there's an important principle for us there, church, that we don't become so familiar with one another. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're having cafe church tonight. We're having a, a, a meal. We're getting together. We're going to have you know, a fellowship meal, and it's great that we're all close and that we know each other. That's great, that sense of community. But hear what I'm saying here. 
I don't think we should become so familiar with one another that we actually dishonor that which God has placed in us. Let's go on to the next thing. Next thing is this. The giving of honor isn't based on merit. It's not based on merit. You see, rewards are given based upon what a person deserves, aren't they? Given based on what a person deserves. Honor is given freely as a gift because that's the nature of our, of our Father in heaven. As I already said, you know, he, he honored us so much in that he sent Jesus to die for us even though we didn't deserve it. You know, so for, for that in mind, I, you know, I have a question for us this morning. Do you honor even when you're being dishonored? Now, that's a difficult one, isn't it? I like to think that I'm a pretty honoring person when everything's going well, <laughs> when it's a person that I like, but do I honor people when you know, they've been dishonoring me? Do you, you, know, do you, do you honor that person at work who you know has been speaking about you behind your back? Do you honor that family member even though you know that they've been causing, causing trouble? I think that's a true test of a person's commitment to this kingdom principle that when you're being dishonored, you know, when you're being slandered, uh, when, you've, when you've had slanderous or untrue comments spoken about you, you know, when you've been the subject of gossip, when you've been mocked for standing up for, for what you believe in, you know, sometimes you, uh, when you're, you're just totally taken for granted uh, and your hard work just goes without recognition, what about then? Do you still honor then? How about when you're treated, you know, lower or inferior to other people? Could I just uh, suggest to you this morning that on those occasions, they're the best time for you to show honor. They're the best time for you to show honor. By giving honor, even when we're, uh, even when we're receiving dishonor, we are giving God the opportunity to, to vindicate us. When people try to fight their own battles, all, the, all kinds of, all, all manner of, you know, disastrous things take place, don't they? I, I, on the occasions in my life, I'm going to all man up and be, be honest with you here, I've tried to fight my own battles. We've all done it, haven't we? It doesn't go too well, does it? <laughs> it always goes disastrously. Combating dishonor with more dishonor is like fighting fire with fire. Everyone ends up getting burned. Everyone ends up getting burned. next point is this. I'm moving on fairly quickly because I just want to give us time at the end to, to just to respond to you know, what God is saying to us. So the next thing is this. Honoring people gives the opportunity to respond and grow. You know, I, for, I'm going to apply this you know, just in the context of you know, within a marriage. Within a marriage, for instance, you know, if you, <laughs> you wives, if you don't particularly like your husband, right? If you don't particularly like your husband, you know, maybe he's not the leader that you want him to be. Let me encourage you, honor him, honor him. If he doesn't meet up to, you know, to your expectations, honor him. You know, because if you, it's an important lesson for us. If you, if you treat him as ordinary and common, he won't ever be anything more than ordinary and common. You know, if you choose to, if you choose to honor him, it gives him the opportunity to rise to the occasion, to become honorable. Treat him like he's the man that you want him to be, with, with grace and honor. Help him to envision himself as, you know, as, as that better man. Honestly, this, this works. 
You know, equally, you know, the men don't get let off the hook here as well. The same goes for the, for the guys. If all you do is let your wife know of all the ways in which she fails you and falls short, and guess what? That's all you're going to get, isn't it? It's all you're going to get. You have to honor her. You have to let her know her worth. Praise her. Let her know that she means, you know, that she means so much to you. And let me tell you what, you know, when you do that, you'll have a flourishing wife. You'll have a, a wife that's, that's full of joy. You'll have a wife that's, that's, that's happy, and you'll have an enriched marriage. But, you know, this, I'm not talking about this in just, you know, just the context of marriage. I use that as an example. I just believe that, you know, in every relationship, in every sphere of life, you know, when you honor people, it gives them the opportunity to step up to that. It gives them the opportunity to step up to that expectation and become better. You know, I dare you to start integrating this principle of honor into your life. I'm going to finish and I'm going to, um, well, I don't know what you want to do actually, don't I? I? This morning it would be great if we could just give a little bit of time extra to, you know, to just worship um, and maybe just have some ministry and open things up for, for a time of prayer and if people have needs. But I, I, let me finish with this, this morning. that I dare you to start integrating this principle of honor into your life. Start living it out, and, and seriously, I guarantee you that you'll see transformation in your life. I'm not just saying in your circumstances, although they may change too, but the more important thing is that you'll change. The transformation takes place in your own life. I don't just mean your circumstances, as I said, I mean tr- incredible transformation in you. Honour literally has the power to restore broken relationships. It has the power to restore broken relationships. Honor has the power to soften the hardest of hearts. Uh, have you ever done that? Have you ever tried it? If you haven't, I encourage you to do it. I've had some remarkable times where I've spoken to, you know, some people that I would regard as very hard-hearted people. And you know, when you speak to them with a, a gentle, honoring tone, it's amazing now the whole demeanor, the whole makeup of the the face just changes. It's it's unexpected. Honor, <laughs> more importantly, honor can give you a platform to share Jesus with people. You see, when you honor people, they listen to you. This is why, you know, in the life of church, you know, in, in growing up in church, I think one of the grave mistakes that we, we can sometimes do is that we try to advise people without having a relationship with them. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. If you, you know, if you, there's, there's somebody that you barely know. You know, just because you're sitting in the pew next to somebody doesn't mean that you've built up a, a relationship with that person to be able to share all of your opinions with them. I'm just saying. You have to honor people. You have to gain people's respect to then be able to give them advice. And you know what? The same, I believe, uh, applies when we're, when we're wanting to share Jesus with people. I, I, I work another job. I do this bivocationally. I work part-time for the church and, and part-time elsewhere. And praise God I've had the opportunity to share with one of my work colleagues for, uh, for, a, a, for a couple of hours one afternoon and it, it was brilliant but you know there's, there's plenty of other guys there that I work with that I'm, you know, I'm just praying and saying Lord just create an opportunity open a door for me but do you know the way that you open the door honour honour people around you honour people around you they start to pay notice uh, pay, you, uh, pay you attention they give you their attention. Honor gives you a voice. Honor also has the ability to elevate you to positions that you could never reach um, in the natural. 
It's true. Honour is the... Uh, Honour is the currency of God's kingdom. So you've got to start trading with it. If you struggle with dishonour, in fact, do you know what I am? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to finish there. But maybe, maybe we could do this, Doton, if that's all right with you. We could, we'll have the worship team and we'll play. You know, we'll just get into, a, you know, into a, an atmosphere again of just faith and worship. If you... If you, if you evaluate this morning that you struggle with dishonor or there's maybe even just a certain person in your life that you're that you're that you're struggling with i'm not going to ask you to come and share it with the church from the microphone or anything like that that would be a little bit awkward but maybe we could take some time this morning to just do some dealing with god to lay a few things down to ask god to you know to just create amongst us this this appreciation of one another this honour amongst one another that, you know, that, that, that not one person amongst us is, is, is lower than the next. Or more importantly, that not one person amongst us is higher than the next. You know, we recognise position, we recognise all of those things in the church, but ultimately they're given for the benefit of the church. They're not given so that somebody could have a, you know, a name tag on that says, look at me, I'm Pastor Nathan, or I'm, you know, Elder this, or I'm this or that or the other. You know, it's all given for the benefit of the body. It's all given for the benefit of the community. I just believe that, I just believe that it's a powerful thing, creating a sense of honour amongst us. So let's worship this morning. I'm going to hand over to, uh, to Doton, and um, I don't know how you want to do this, but um, let's just take some time.